coming in feel free to come on down with the youngins I think we're going to need some help tonight with the books of the Bible all right because we're kind of short several are gone out of town so let's get after it tonight one two three Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy Judges Ruth first second second 
say the first Kings, first Chronicles, second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, Isaiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 1 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. Good. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Climb up the mountain, point to the sun. Notice the grasses count everyone. Measure the rainbow, sail on the sea. God made this whole world beautiful for me. How many elders do we have here? Four. Who are they? Boomville has four elders. They're good men, as you'll see. There's Jim Mestis, Larry Morgan, and Buster Green. Don't forget about I'm in the process of getting some trophies for that one, all right? So y'all be watching out for that in the next couple of weeks. Right? Yeah, there's only four. There's only four, right? But, mom, how, but how many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten? Ten. What were they? He turned water to blood, blood frogs and lice. Don't forget the dirty old flies. Mirror cattle, boils and hell. Look up the ground till the darkness fail. They will pronounce the death of the firstborn. Now, if I say here, you say Romans 17. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe. John 8:24. Yes. If you do not believe that I am He, you shall die. In your sins, repent. Luke 13:3. Yes. I tell you no, unless you repent, you shall perish. Confess. Acts 8:37. Acts 8:37. That's excellent. Philip said, "If you believe." Philip said, "If you believe." Philip said, "If you believe, with all your heart you may." The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then be baptized. Acts 8, 2. Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, to them, to them. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Be baptized in the name of the name of the name of be baptized in the name of the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, 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 for the remission, remission of sins. And you'll receive, 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 and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then after you're baptized, you have to live faithful. Revelation 2.10. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful unto death, and I and I will give you a crown of life. All right, now let's do the shorter version. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk with Christ and live like you are. Now, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's sing it. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits all within my soul. Love, joy, peace, and faithfulness, patience, kindness, and goodness, gentleness, and self-control. These are good fruits in my soul. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits all within my soul. God loves me. God loves me. In my Bible book it says that God loves me. God helps me. God helps me. In my Bible book it says that God helps me.
Then there's another one. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's so good to me. I love him so. I love him so. I love him so. He's so good to me. This is how we worship God. Worship God. Worship God. This is how we worship God according to his word. Pray. We pray to the Lord our God, Lord our God, Lord our God. We pray to the Lord our God in Jesus' name. Give our money to God. That's good. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. We give our money to the Lord, showing Him our love. We sing praises to our God, to our God, to our God. We sing praises to our God, singing in our hearts. Yes, all right. We study God's word. We preach, right? We listen to the word of God, word of God, word of God. We listen to the word of God and increase in faith. Excellent. We partake of the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper, remembering His death. Remember, that's it. I'm not going to call you. Hold your hand up during the song. Wait till we get done with the verse and then hold it up. Then I'll call you. Okay? Now, what's the key verse of authority in all the Bible? Colossians what? 3.17. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Just remember this. Okay. And uh, what's the verse we sing that proves God made everything? Hebrews what? Hebrews what? Three, three and four. Every house is built by someone. Every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. All right. We've got time for our questions tonight. What is true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. Excellent. What's true failure in life? Living your life and going to hell when this life is over. Okay, and what is God's ideal for marriage? One man, one man. Let's say, let's practice this. Let's say it together. What's God's ideal for marriage? One man and one woman for life. Okay, and uh, why were you made? To glorify God. Glorify God. I didn't hear y'all. Why were y'all made? Why to glorify God. God. And because God made you, what does that mean? I am special. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. It's Independence Day. But listen, no matter what you do tomorrow, all day long, you're going to do what? I will do my best. Read it. Never give up. And let God take care of the rest. And always remember that right is always right. And wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong. And it's never wrong to do right. And that's right. Because the world is right. Oh, you are? So am I. They're in the fourth century. Since y'all two just got here, we'll sing the Judges song, okay? God said, Judges over Israel, one great woman, fourteen men. They have Israel fight their battles, let them back in the one, two, three. Jesus loves me. One and two. Jesus loves you. Three and four. He loves me more. More than you ever been loved before. Five, six, seven. Run away to heaven. Eight and nine. Love you fine. Now it's sung right up to ten. You don't have time to sing again. That is great. All right. It's time for us to get started tonight. As you can tell, we probably have several out of town today that are going for the weekend on vacation. I know Horizons begin at Freed Hardeman uh, this afternoon, and we have a group there as well. But we want you to know how glad we are to have each of you here tonight. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be dismissed to our Bible classes. And just to remind you, we have a, a couple of options uh, for you. Uh, you're welcome to stay here in the auditorium and study Judges and Ruth, 
or uh, you can go down to the annex and you'll have a chance to study the topic of denominational doctrines that are answered. So uh, either one of those classes, you feel free to make that choice. Of course, we've got children's classes for all ages. Also, uh, if you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper uh, this morning, uh, as you leave for class or right after we dismiss for class in just a minute, you can go to the little chapel and you'll be served at this time. As far as announcements goes, I'm not going to rehash those, but I do want to remind everyone of the Pinevale Children's Home cookout that's coming up. thankful to you for all blessings each day that you give us. Tomorrow, Father, we celebrate our nation's freedom, and we're so thankful that you allow us to live in this great country where we can enjoy such freedom, and may we never take those freedoms for granted. More importantly than the freedom we enjoy as a nation, Father, we are so thankful for the freedom we have in Christ Jesus our Lord, freedom from the bondage of sin, uh, freedom in that we have the hope of heaven when this life is over and we're thankful uh, for you uh, for allowing that freedom to take place because of the death of your son father there are many that we know that are sick those that are in the hospital uh, especially right now father sister martha Eaton needs our prayers as uh, they go through some uncertain times there in the hospital bless her and Father, there's so many others that are on our sick list right now that need our prayers. And you know who they are, Father, and we pray that your hand of healing and hope would be upon them. And always, Father, we're mindful of those that continue to grieve over the loss of loved ones. We pray that your hand of comfort and strength would be upon them. Father, we're thankful for this church here that meets at Boonville. We're so thankful for... Uh, the blessing that the church here is to our community, for each member here, for all the families. May we, may we ever be thankful for this church and the fact that we can be a part of this congregation in this community. We pray for our elders, Father, continue to, to uh, grant them wisdom and bless them with health and strength as they lead us in the way that we should go, Father. We pray that you would continue to watch over us and and care for us and help us to always glorify you in all things. In Christ's name, amen. today. Did any of you get any rain? Some of you got torrents of rain. Some of you got little sprinkles. Sadly, some of you didn't get any. Sorry about that. Now, Luther put the pressure on me. He said, you're supposed to, you know, bring the rain. And I was like, wait a minute. 
I'm in charge of bringing championships, and now I'm in charge of the ring. Just keep it coming, I guess. But you know, the more you're in charge of, the, the more important you become. I have this list of people, and if we need to update some things, I can do that. This is the list that I pray from, so I'm just sharing with you things I'm concerned about. And when I hear about somebody that's been sick, I generally do my best to get them on the list. And sometimes I maybe don't get a name right or something, but I'm trying to keep up. Irene Baker is um, Melinda's mother. She has terminal cancer. Martha Eaton had foot surgery way back on June the 6th. Then she had some problems with uh, the foot. It, it erupted a few times. They did some additional surgery this past week, found that one of the vessels had not been cut off properly. So it was just in there bleeding. That's why she was having so much trouble. So they did surgery to correct that. There was also some problems with the wound with infection. They've sent cultures and things off to try and get a good idea about exactly how to treat her. Um, so far, so good, I think. But please, please keep her in your prayers as she's going through all that. She's still in the hospital? Okay, they're putting a port in and maybe come home Tuesday. Okay. Cord, a pick line, some kind of pee. Okay, yes. So um, she had received an injection. I think they get that in the stomach or whatever. But anyway, I'll spare the details. But well, she just needs our prayers. Get over this part and get to healing with her foot. Uh, Austin Wentz had a big round of chemo this past week, but he seems to be doing pretty well. Will Tennyson. Uh, he got a clear report, so we're thankful he's doing good. Terry Green is uh, looking at some surgery very soon. don't think that's happened yet, but had the, uh, they tried to reduce the tumor that he does have, and then the next thing is to have surgery to take it out. Berlin Davis has Alzheimer's, and Stevens has health problems that basically keeps her at home. Kim Fowler's, okay, so maybe the middle of this month she'll get that boot off. Is Kim in here? If she's not, then we'll just go with that, okay? I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, Don Dawson has several health issues. Uh, Johnny Howe has cancer. Connie Mooney is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Sue James has cancer. Quitman Wigginton moved over to Landmark Assisted. I think that's an upgrade, so I'm hoping he's doing uh, some better. Geraldine Taylor has pancreatic cancer. She's also at Landmark. Stephen Hodgins' dad seems to be doing well uh, from his procedure. So far, so good. I didn't see Randy today, uh, but he's recovering. He's had you know, a lot of swelling with his knee. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. So he may have been exposed to COVID. COVIDs are going around its places, so, you know, be careful. Uh, Margaret Ann's brother, Ronnie Sarton, passed away. The funeral was on Thursday. Remember her. I saw her in here today, but I didn't get to speak to her. Mike Bruce is Drew's dad. He's doing well. Uh, Sterling Phillips had the stent surgery, right, Doug? Uh, um, is it next week? This week or next week they're going to do the... Okay. All right. So he's got one, at least one more step to go with, with his treatment, but we're praying that's a success. Adele's uncle, Wade Davis, he's been missing since June 22nd. Um, just pray for the family that something, something will turn up. Jennifer Bonham has a lot of health issues she's dealing with right now. Justin Moreland was seriously injured in an accident with a truck tire, and it, it was pretty devastating, but he's in recovery. Um, well, your daughter's here. So see, you're on, see, proof, you're on the list. We prayed for you to make it, and now you've made it. But I understand that Dave injured his foot yesterday. So we'll pray that that resolves itself. Uh, Carolyn Wilcutt fell in her yard this past week. Uh, she broke her leg right around the knee. They had to do surgery for that. She also broke her shoulder. 
that's going to require kind of a tricky recovery. Uh, they told her it could take four months of recovery at you know um, some kind of therapy place. They were looking for a place for her to go. So keep Carolyn in your prayers. And Dorothy Hester uh, fell. She injured her foot, ankle. There's a chip in it, maybe a hairline fracture. They wrapped it, but she's going to see the doctor, is it tomorrow or soon? And then see what to do. Maybe it'll be a hard cast, not sure, but just keep her in your prayers. Okay? Anybody else? Yes, Sue? Yes. She's in the lockdown, and it's hard for her to understand. And she's not feeling well, so. She's at Landmark Assisted. Well, I'm glad that building's not connected to the other building. Mikey? Yay! We took a whole bus of people over there. Okay, more good news on the way. He has an aggressive time. Okay, well, we're all exposed. Um, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Etc. Um, don't get it, okay? Hey, we've all had it so much, we couldn't possibly get it again. <clears throat> all right. Let's sing a song, one, one verse, 612, and then we will, 612, and we'll have our prayer, and then we'll do our, our Bible study. We are in the book of Judges, chapter 14. <clears throat> 612. I found my Lord and He is mine. You want me by His Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for a beautiful day. and Thank you for the rain that fell in so many places. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can be together and study your word. And we're already encouraged as we've spent time in fellowship, just greeting one another again, hearing the children in uh, their little session and participation. We're just, we're filled up, and we thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that we'll all find good benefit in our study tonight. We ask that you'll bless those who are sick among us and those who are suffering that we know about. Pray your blessings on Irene Baker, that she'll have good days 
and quality days. We pray for Martha Eaton in her recovery. We pray that the surgery was exactly what she needed for healing. Pray that she'll get the right treatment for infection. We ask your blessings on Austin and Wentz, who continues to undergo treatments. We're thankful that his body is responding to that. We pray that he'll have a full recovery. And we're rejoicing that Will Tennyson is still doing very well. Pray for Terry Green that uh, his surgery that's upcoming will be a success and he will also do very well. Bless Verlin Davis, who has Alzheimer's, and be with her caregivers. Bless Ann Stevens in her health problems. Bless Kim Fowler in her recovery. Pray for Don Dawson that he'll get treatment he needs and feel better. Pray for Johnny Howe, who has cancer. Connie Mooney in her recovery. We pray that she'll be able to walk again and do well. Pray for Sue James, who has cancer. Bless Quitman as he's moved over to the Landmark Assisted. We pray that he'll get better and stronger and, and adjust his new circumstances. Be with Geraldine Taylor and just comfort her and her family. We pray for Stephen Hodgins' dad that his recovery is going to be full and complete. We ask your blessings on Randy Stutz in his recovery with his knee, but also as he has COVID. Pray for Margaret Ann and her family in the death of her brother. We just pray comfort for her and we thank you for the legacy he leaves behind. Pray for Mike Bruce that he'll have a good and full recovery and be back to doing things he enjoys doing. We pray for Sterling Phillips, who's in the midst of treatment. And we pray that soon, as he has this valve replacement, that it'll go well and that he will feel better than he has in a long time. Please be with the Davis family, as Wade's been missing now for a couple of weeks nearly. And we just pray something will be discovered that will help give some... A closure and understanding to this family. Bless Jennifer Bonham as she battles her health problems. We pray for Justin Moreland as he's recovering from his injuries from the accident. We're thankful that Dave and Lynette are here safely, and we pray you'll bless them as they're trying to find a home. We ask your blessings on Carolyn Wilcutt as she fell. We pray she'll have a full recovery and patience for her as she goes through her treatments. Please be with Dorothy Hester who fell, injured her foot. We pray that treatment be a success in healing and that she'll recover quickly. We pray for Sonny Mason's family in his death. Uh, result really complications of an accident. We just pray that uh, that family will find some resolution in that. We pray for Hunter Burgess who's very in need of prayer and so young, and we just pray that whatever those needs are, that you'll meet them. We pray for Barbara Beard, and for Mike Eaton, for some in my own family, and some in families of maybe everybody in here, I don't know. We've all been affected in one way or the other, whether we had it or not. But we pray that uh, this strain of this virus will... Uh, be easy to deal with. We can get beyond it. But thank you for protection that you afford uh, us. At least we're here tonight and we, we're thankful for that. We pray, Lord, that you'll uh, bless us in our study and help us to better appreciate and understand your judges and how you used them uh, despite sometimes the personal complications in their lives. They were just people, but helps to learn to be better and to use the blessings, opportunities you put in our hands in the very best way that we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Judges chapter 14, we started with Samson. I told you that he's kind of my all-time hero, although as I keep reading through this, I'm like, what in the world? What was I thinking? But when you're a little child, they don't tell you all this other stuff that's going on. He's just that big, strong guy, you know. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Kind of disillusioned. <laughs> but we're going to continue through that. We've already seen Samson. He's broken 
two-thirds of his vows related to his Nazarite vow, right? Not supposed to be uh, dealing with things related to the grape or fermentation of the grape or anything like it. And then what does he do? He goes into the vineyard. <laughs> uh, some people thought that he ditched his parents because they would have been super concerned and nagging him about it. He ditched the parents so he could go into the vineyard and guess what? Eat some grapes. Hey, if you're under a vow, though, what are you supposed to be doing? Stay away, right? No, I, I can't do that. I'm dedicated to the Lord. See this hair? You know, I'm, I'm committed. And not only that, but he tangled with a, what? A lion and killed it. Uh, now we're going to enter into uh, kind of the aftermath of some of that. Verse 7, <clears throat> Judges chapter 14. Then he went down and talked with the woman, <clears throat> and she pleased Samson well. After some time, he returned to get her. So he's interested in this Philistine woman. He told mom and dad, do what? Go get her. Get her for me. I, I don't know. I just kind of got the impression mom and dad, they don't know what to do with Samson. Well, you're going to make him do what's right? You're going to make him. So, you know, they're trying to manage a situation. I, I don't look down at them because, well, obviously, I'm, I'm not in their shoes. None of us have had to raise somebody like Samson's going to be. You're committed in the beginning. You've made promises. You, you did everything you, did, you could do to help him be successful. But God is going to use the mistakes of Samson in order to accomplish his will. So we, we can be a party to God's will kicking and screaming, or we can comply. But I will tell you, if it suits God's purposes, he will use even our mistakes, even, even the messes that we make in order to glorify himself. So he returned to get her. He turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Why do you think he wants to do that? That's kind of a prize, isn't it? Did this really happen? I killed a lion barehanded. Yeah, I did. Let's just go check that thing out. Now, you understand uh, this area was very dry, so it's not going to decompose like it might, say, in Mississippi with all our humidity. This thing probably, probably just dried out, became almost mummified as it was there. So behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass on the line. I mentioned about the decay process because guess what bees don't do? They're going to set up in something that's decaying. That's, that's not happening. So this thing has either it's, you know, been cleaned by some other predators or at least it has dried up sufficiently that it is a home for the bees. They're in the carcass. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some, some to them. They also ate. Any sweet, thoughtful as can be. How would you feel you find out your son has given you honey found inside the carcass of a dead animal? Yum. Thanks, buddy. Well, he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't tell, right? Don't tell. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down to the woman. Why did he do that? Samson told him to. Samson gave a feast there for young men used to do so. Uh, a feast in this case was probably a, I'm not saying Samson was involved in this because Samson is a rule keeper, right? He is a Nazarite. He would never get involved in excess. But typically this kind of thing involved intoxicating beverages. Samson gave a feast for the young men. It happened when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Uh, Samson's come to the party with what? Nobody. Is that a party? No, so we got to invite a bunch of guys. Some people think, so the Philistines already have him on their radar, yes? Maybe they've sent some, you know, some tough guys to come and handle just in case things get out of hand. So Samson said to them, let me pose a riddle to you. Hey, did you know Samson was so quick-witted? Here's the thing. Samson is about, seems like, for God's purposes, is brawny. Uh, he, he can bring forth all this strength, but he's also an intellect, a very powerful intellect, as a matter of fact. So he poses a riddle. 
which is one of, one of the things we know about Samson. If you can correctly solve and explain it to me, within the seven days of the feast, at the end of the seven days, guess what you do? You marry the woman, okay? They con- and you marry her and they consummate the relationship. So at the end of, uh, gonna, you're, you have the opportunity to come up with the answer to the riddle over the course of these seven days of the feast. I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. That's, that would be a lot today, right? But these folks are, well, they're probably in need of such clothing. They just kind of came along. So Samson is posing, I'm going to dress you for the for the wedding, okay? I bet you, you can't answer my riddle. If, if you do answer it, I'll give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. 30 plus 30, 60 things. But if you can't explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. So Samson, he is about to be a well-dressed man, right? Because he's going to come up with something they can't match. They said to impose your riddle that we may hear it. We're ready. We'll do this. You know, the fun and games of the bachelor party. So he said to them, out of... Now, I know when you read this, immediately you're like, oh, I know the answer. Okay, you know the answer because... Well, it's right there in the Bible. You read that. You read the little Bible story I did when I was a little kid. I know the answer. However, when they hear this, they're like, What? Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now, it's interesting that that rhymes here in the English. That's just lucky, unless the translator worked on that to get it right. Actually, if you went back to the Hebrew, you would see that some of those words actually do rhyme. So he is is not just an intellect that can pose a riddle, but he puts the riddle in a form of something that kind of rhymes. They might have probably over seven days, maybe like Doug, they've made a song out of it, right? This kind of catchy. And so they're rolling that thing over in their mind all the time. Now for three days, they could not explain the riddle. What's the problem with that? Well, there's only seven days. Three days are passed. We've only got four days. When it came to pass on the seventh day, what's the seventh day? Bingo, got to come up with it, or what? Going to pay up. Who's already been to the tailor to get the stuff? You know, are we ready for that? No, we are not. Entice your husband that he may explain the riddle to us, or else we will burn you and your father's house with fire. Wait, do good old boys just threaten people like that? Do you get the idea this is maybe kind of an orchestrated event? That's why I suggest to you that these guys weren't just some of the folks that were out in the fields coming in for a part. These are folks who have been planted here who are a significant threat, probably Philistine soldiers or guards of some type. So if you don't get him to give us this answer, we're going to burn your house down. Oh, have you invited, uh, have you invited us in order to take what is ours? Is, is, is that not so? What's, what's the deal here? Uh, by the way, you're a Philistine. We're Philistines. We're in, you know, we got to work together. Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You don't love me. And he's thinking, Wait, what? what? What's happened? You posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you've not explained it to me. How could you not tell me? <laughs> he said to her, Look, I've not explained it to you, to my father and my mother. So should I explain it to you? Was that a good answer? I mean, I'm just saying, we're not even married yet. How's he talking to her? Okay. Now, she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted. It happened on the seventh day that he told her because he, she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. Um, What did she have in her toolbox? She nagged him for seven days. 
Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. Boo hoo 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 hoo. Right? So finally the day comes, these other guys are like, if you don't get an answer for us, we're going to burn the place up. We're going we're to burn you and your father, the whole deal. And so she feels threatened and she complies. So he explains the riddle. Now they have the answer. So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, this is, this is so easy peasy, right? What's sweeter than honey? What's stronger than a lion? Bingo, gotcha. He said to them, if you had not plowed my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Okay, I'm just reading what the text says. Again, I'm thinking, you know, we've already had trouble for seven days. And now, right before we, we have the wedding we are certified married, and we're going to consummate the relationship. Peace, you know what I mean? He refers to it as a heifer. Not really the most auspicious beginning to the relationship. However, to Samson's credit, guess what he did with this? This is also considered kind of a, 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 a verbal sparring. Uh, you Probably in your translation, I, I don't know if the editor did it this way or not. It's actually written out like it's poetry. Guess what? When he said this, he was making basically another kind of riddle or rhyme out of it. And in the original Hebrew language, the words rhyme. It's kind of catchy. I'm sure Samson, aside from the fact that he feels like he just got cheated, he sat back going, wow, man, I can, you know, I can really do this thing. Well, what does that mean? If you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. What does that mean? I was thinking maybe somebody else would take that up. Well, question you farmers, uh, do heifers, do you use your heifers to plow with? Just shake your head this way. No, of course you wouldn't do that. You don't use a heifer to plow with, yet he is accusing them of using his heifer to plow with. In other words, what had they done? Okay, what I heard was, uh, I'm going to agree. Okay, what did you say? They had used her to get what they wanted. Okay, they had used her to get what they wanted. Yes, that's true. The, The underlying sense of this is you cheated at it. You did something that was not fair in order to get the answer. Uh, using something in the place that it's not expected to be used is an unfair advantage. You have used an unfair advantage. The unfair advantage, as you say, was my wife. And then he very quickly, think about the intellect here. He doesn't know this is about to happen. They do it, he comes up with a rhyme. You think now he's satisfied? You already know a little bit about Samson. Samson is not the guy to treat this way. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. Now when we see the Spirit of the Lord come mightily upon Samson, what happens? Well, I would just generally say something bad is about to happen. So the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him mightily. He went down to Ashkelon, okay, There are five major cities for the Philistines. That's where some of their princes live. One of them is Ashkelon. Ashkelon was about 20 miles away from Timnah, where he is right now. Why do you think he goes 20 miles away to find a remedy for his problem? And this is on foot, probably. You go, in that time, you go 20 miles because... Word doesn't travel very fast. So whatever it is you intend to do over there, people aren't going to hear about it for a while, okay? He's already figured out what he's going to do. Spirit of the Lord comes upon him mightily. He goes down to Ashkelon and he killed 30 of their men, took their apparel, gave the changes of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused. Think about that. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him mightily And in response to what has happened, how long would it take you to go 20 miles? I I don't know, walking, 
Uh, some people walk like 15 miles an hour, okay? It's just going to take uh, 15, no, no, no. You don't go 15 miles, no, you don't walk 15 miles an hour. Sorry, Flash, you don't know that. Yeah, thanks. In about an hour, you can go about four miles. Okay, so it's going to take about five, six hours to travel. Plus, it's probably hilly and, you know, you, you take many stops. So Samson's got to do that. What's he thinking about this entire time that he's on this journey? He is mad as can be. The Spirit of the Lord is on him mightily. His anger is aroused. And not only does he go and he kill 30 people, and many people think they were, you know, he went to Ashkelon because that's the capital city. People walking around on the street, how are they going to be dressed? Kind of spiffy, kind of nice, right? We've got a wedding to go to, so we're going to get the nice stuff. He kills off these fancy people. Now he's got this stuff, and as angry as he was that he would slay 30 people, he is getting more angry as he is coming back with the stuff. His anger's aroused. He went back up to his father's house. Samson's wife was given to... Whoa, wait, stop. His anger's aroused. He went back up to his father's house. Okay, stop. He went back home. He's so mad. He's like, I can't, I can't deal with this. Folks. I go back home to my father's house. So after a little bit of time, what happens? It's finally, you know, kind of talk yourself down. I overreacted. Uh, shouldn't have called my wife a heifer, even though I thought it was funny because it rhymed and all of that. And, you know, I killed the guys. I, I, I've, I've taken my vengeance. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. So, pull myself together. I got my composure. Samson decides, okay, he's going he's gonna to cool down at Dad's house. In the meantime, verse 20, Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best friend or his best man. I'm just wondering at this point... You you think Samson's going to take this pretty well? You know, kind of reason through it. Well, I did leave abruptly. I didn't consummate the relationship. So, hey, peace, bygones be bygones. Everything's cool. Not Samson. After a while, in the time of the wheat harvest, the wheat harvest is the time that you do what? You gather in the harvest, right? You're going to bring it in. And by the way, we're going to, we're going to see Dagon a little bit later. Dagon was a god of, guess what? the harvest, or specifically of wheat. He's kind of the, the head god for the Philistines. So it is the wheat harvest. Happens Samson visited his wife with a young goat. Um, some people think that this wife relationship, since she's a Philistine, they had what was, what was termed spousal visits. In other words, she would stay home. The, the idea was, I can't bring her home to my parents. My parents are not going to approve. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to be married to you. I will come visit you. When I come visit you, I bring a goat with me. I give, present the goat to dad. I make him happy. Then I'm going to spend time with my wife. Kind of smooth things over. And then I go back home. I mean, that was kind of, kind of the idea here. So he shows up with a young goat and he said, Hey, uh, let me go into my wife, into her room. Okay, her father wouldn't wouldn't permit him to go in. Her father said, "I really, I really thought uh, you thoroughly hated her. You know, you took off. Therefore, I gave her to your companion, his best man. Is not her is not her younger sister? Isn't she better than her? Ta please take her instead. Does this you ever heard this story before? You know, a guy by the name of name of Jacob." He got Leah, and then Dad says, okay, now you got, I'll give you Rachel, but you work for me seven more years, and, and we'll make this right. Who does that? Wait, what? No, no. Now, think about this. Not only is Samson now out the 60 garments, um, he's also out, in these relationships, typically the, the, um, the husband here, He's going to pay money to the father. He's already invested in this woman. That's the woman that he wanted. Didn't want her, didn't want her sister. So now he's out the money that he has given in the betrothal. 
He's out the wife. He's out the garments. Samson said to them, this time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. What does that give you an idea he's about to do? He's about to go off the rails, right? He has messed around. He has satisfied things. He is like, I am in the right here. First of all, you Philistines, you already oppress us. You take advantage of us. But I'm telling you, you have done me wrong personally. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I get my vengeance. Then Samson went and he caught 300 foxes. Okay, some people think that, and the word that's translated foxes here could also refer to uh, a dog that's referred to as a jackal. It's, it's also a small kind of canine. Foxes tend to be what kind of predators? They run in packs. No, shake your head this way. Foxes don't run in packs. They're kind of individual predators. Jackals, however, run in groups. So they're socialized, in other words. because That's important because what Samson does is, this is Samson. He catches 300 of these animals, and he takes torches. He turns the foxes, or the jackals, what the case may be, tail to tail, and put the torch between their pair of tails. I can only speak to what might, might would happen if I tied my two cats together which I would not do. Uh, but I can also imagine that probably the same kind of thing is going to happen. When you tie those two together by the tail, um, what are the, uh, what's going to be the reaction of the animal? It's going to go crazy. It's going to, it's going to be rolling around. It's going to be trying to get loose. It's going to be, well, it's got a torch tied to it. It's fire. And what time of year is it? We are gathering the harvest, which means that the wheat is what right now? It's very dry, very dry. So when he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain. What are the shocks? Okay, yeah, they, they, some of it had already been harvested. They had bound it up in bundles. That was supposed to have already been clear but you've got these wild animals running around with torches and they catch everything on fire. They burned it all up, as well as the vineyards and the olive groves. Do you mess with Samson? No, he's mad. And the Philistines said, who's done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Temite, because, well, he's taken his wife and given her to his companion. Really? What in the world was he thinking? Okay, so what did the Philistines do? They came up and burned her and her father with fire. What is it that she was trying to avoid when she gave the answer to the riddle? This. And now, these circumstances have resulted in the very thing that... The very thing that kicked off all of this trouble is the very thing that she was trying to avoid in the beginning. And now she has reaped the reward of, of her unfaithfulness to him. Samson said to them, since you would do a thing like this, I will sure... Okay, now you have burned his wife to death and his father-in-law. He okay now? Okay, that's fine. We're even. Are we even? Not with Samson, you're not even. Samson said to them, since you would do a thing like this, I surely will take revenge on you. And after that, I'll stop. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock at Edom. Now the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. The, the name Lehi means jawbone. Okay, It was named as a result of what's about to happen here. The men of Judah said, why have you come up to us uh, against us? So they answered, well, we've come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he's done to us. 3,000 men of Judah. Who, who are the, wait, Judah's whose people? Israel. He's from Dan. Is he a part of Israel? It's his own people. Have come. Israel, his own people, have come to Samson, their judge, and they're about to arrest him and hand him over to the Philistines. 
Now, keep in mind the Philistines have been a dominating power for these 40 years. What kind of army and implements of war does Israel have right now? Zero. So 3,000 men gather. They're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to move Samson. So 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Edom where he is. They said to Samson, do, do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this that you've done to us? What in the world? What are you stirring up? He said to them, as they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, we've come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Samson said to them, swear to me that you'll not kill me yourselves, at least that. So they spoke to him saying, no, but we'll tie you securely and deliver, into your, uh, deliver you into their hand. But we will surely not kill you, we promise. So they bound him with two new ropes. That's going to be significant for something later. They bound him with two new ropes, brought him up to the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Okay, so they've got their battle cry going. Well, guess what that does to the brain of Samson? That fires him up. It is like, it is on now. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. When you hear that, what? Ding, ding, ding! Round one. And it's probably going to be a quick knockout. The ropes that were on his arms became like flax that's burned with fire. His hands broke loose, or the bonds broke loose from his hands... He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Stop right there. Why would you want a fresh one and not one that's dried out and cured real good? Because a dried out one is brittle and it will break. What you want is a fresh one that's still got a lot of give to it. What would you want a jawbone for? Well, it wasn't that long ago in chapter 3 at verse 31 that we were introduced to another judge by the name of Shamgar, we only had one verse with regard to Shamgar, but here's what we learned about Shamgar. Shamgar the judge took an ox goad and he killed 600 Philistines with it. Wow, we said, that is amazing. An ox goad was what, you remember? It's a long stick or a long pole that's got probably a metal tip on it, and you use that to encourage your animals to move. In this case, an ox. You poke him until he moves along. That kind of makes sense because that is a rudimentary kind of spear, right? You take that and jab it or take it swinging around. He killed 600 people with that. Did he have super strength, super human strength? N not any indication that he did. Did the, did the Spirit of the Lord come upon him mightily? Was he filled with hatred and anger and so much vengeance that he just wants to rip them apart? No. But Samson was that man. Samson has this superhuman God-given strength and he picks up the jawbone of a donkey. He reached out his hand, he took it, and he killed a thousand men with it. Okay. Now, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. Who brought him to this fight? 3,000 of his own people. Where you think they are right now? I'm thinking, I, I, I can't speak for anybody but myself. But I'm pretty sure if I was one of those that escorted him to this slaughter, in which all he did was pick up the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand armed men with it? I'm pretty sure I'm headed home right now. Yes? Headed home. Well, what does Samson do? Seems like a good time for a rhyme. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world motivates this guy? Uh, with the jawbone of, of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've slayed a thousand men. Uh, first of all, I think Samson has a high opinion of himself. You think? And then secondly, the stuff he comes up with. If you look at this in the original language, it's another little, little masterpiece. The wordsmith is amazing. So he has incredible physical abilities, and he has the Spirit of the Lord that comes upon him at the most appropriate times. And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramath-Lehi. 
He named, now I, I mentioned that Lehi means jawbone. Uh, 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 Ramoth means a high place or the heights. So the name of the place was uh, Jawbone Heights. When I read that, I thought, that's kind of the nice name for like a subdivision, isn't it? No, he slew all those guys at Jawbone Heights. Hey, y'all come over, you know, for an uh, uh, Independence Day uh, meal. We're going to put the grill out and whatnot. I just think that's pretty funny. Okay, we're going to stop because it's 6 o'clock. And we'll mark this place here. A lot of stuff happens with Samson. I encourage you to read ahead. And we're going to do our best to conclude this next time. He's actually the last judge uh, that's recorded in this book. And then uh, beginning chapter uh, 17 are some really dark stories. So we'll go through those in a class. And then we'll look at the book of Ruth too. And then that, that will conclude our study at the end of July. Let's have a prayer and then we'll be finished. Father, thank you for your blessings today. And thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for these stories. Remind us of your glory and the things that that you accomplish uh, to your glory, uh, despite the people uh, that uh, are available. But Lord, we pray we'll do better than that. And uh, we just pray you'll help us to learn, be be faithful uh, despite the circumstances that we face, and and choose those things we know that you'll be pleased with. Please keep us safe on our journey home and uh, keep us safe through this week. And when we have the opportunity to be together again, pray that you'll make that possible for us too. In Jesus' name, amen.